my dear brother, my dear sister, I wonder if today you feel like you are in the middle of a painfully long night. I wonder if you feel confused, if you feel lost, if you feel tired, if you feel alone, if you feel misunderstood, if you feel anxious, if you feel nostalgic, if you even feel a little empty, if you feel like a foreigner in a strange country, if you feel thirsty, if you feel cast down, if you feel sick, if you feel that your soul is hungry. I wouldn't be surprised if you felt like that because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is often made aware of the fact that the journey to the heavenly city is one that takes place during the night. And the night can be confusing and scary. The night is full of shadows, as you know. There are things that wouldn't make us afraid if we saw them or heard them during the day, but they do scare us when they reach our eyes or ears in the darkness of the night. We humans are, are born with, with an intrinsic dislike for darkness and shadows. Little children avoid shadows like the plague because in the shadows there might be dangers lurking. And you and I are walking to Zion and the way is full of shadows. That's what we find here in the verse we have in front of us today. This book is a song that celebrates the love between Christ and his church. And what we find is the church pleading with Christ. And she says, until the daybreak and the shadows flee away. I want you to notice, my dear brethren, that the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ is acknowledging that she is still living in a land of darkness. And isn't that true? Isn't that what you find in your own experience? Oh, there is so much darkness in this valley of tears. You have sickness. You have relational problems. You have disappointments, so many of them. You have hope deferred. You may be facing reproach for the sake of righteousness. You may be facing poverty. You may face what people call natural disasters. You may be a victim of crime. You may be suffering the loss of a loved one. You may be aching as you see one of your children rebelling against the Lord. You might lose your money. You might lose your friends. Everything here is fading away, withering like a fragile flower under the scorching sun. Your body is aging. Your life is shortening. There are so many shadows. But the scariest ones are the shadows directly related to the spiritual realm. Are you facing, my brother, my sister? Are you facing the shadows of temptation? Are you facing the shadows of the struggle against sin? Are you discouraged as you see the bitter reality 
of remaining sin, the hardness of your own heart, the fact that it is impossible for you to love God perfectly as you so much desire. Or maybe you are facing the shadows of desertion. You feel like the Lord is far away from you. Your joy in Christ has almost disappeared and you wonder why. Doubts are assaulting you and you pray, but it seems that your cry doesn't, doesn't go up beyond the ceiling. It seems he doesn't answer your prayer. How bitter are spiritual shadows. You wonder what dangers may be lurking in them. You wonder if Satan will devour you. You wonder if hell itself will open its mouth to eat you alive. And this night can, can feel so long. But if you are feeling that way today, I have good news for you. The night will not last forever. The shadows will not remain indefinitely. The bride is crying out in our text until the day break and the shadows flee away. That means that the day will come. Jesus, our Savior, will take his weary sheep home. He atoned for all our sins with his precious blood. He earned heaven for us through his perfect obedience. And if you are a true believer, if you have been purchased with his blood, you will see the king in his glory one day. And all the shadows will then forever, forever flee away before his majestic splendor. There is no night in the heavenly city. However, you and I still need to wait in this land of darkness until he takes us home. So here is a question. How should you approach this period of waiting? What will give you and me comfort in the journey through the night, especially when the shadows begin to scare and disappoint us? This is what the petition that we find in our verse is all about. Christ's bride is saying, until the day break and the shadows flee away, turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Peter. What the church is asking for is for Christ to visit her often during her night of waiting. The bride wants Christ to be like a roe or a heart. That is, she wants him to come and visit her swiftly and vigorously. She also mentions the, the mountains of Bither. And, and, and the word Bither literally means division. In, in, in Hebrew, division. And this is interesting. It's as, if, it's, it's as if the church is saying, Lord, I know. I know there must be some kind of division between you and me for now. But please, oh, please come to the mountains and visit me while the division still stands. What will comfort the bride in her period of waiting is the sensible manifestation of Christ's love for her. That is what will give her strength 
That will reassure her. That will remind her that the night will soon be over. That will wipe away her tears. That will feed her hungry soul. And that is exactly what you need. Exactly what I need while the shadows of this life remain. My brother, my sister, is there anything more satisfying than when Jesus visits us with his sensible presence? Is there anything more comfortable? Is there, there anything more encouraging? Is anything more useful and invigorating in our fight against sin? Is there anything that can give you more joy? What you need, what I need, is for God to visit us. And those times when he draws near us, showing us his love through his word, enlightening our eyes to see the promises and understand the scriptures, giving us utterance in prayer, filling us with boldness to live and witness for him. Those times are great helps to keep us going in this battle. And, and, and God wants you and me to pray that he will give us such times. He wants us to pray for that. Do you realize that? If he didn't want you to pray for that, he wouldn't have left this example recorded in his word. But he left this example recorded in his word, and therefore he wants you and me to follow it and pray for such visits. And do you know what that means? That means that he's willing. He's eager to, to visit believers in such a way. He's willing to comfort you, to comfort me, weary saints, as we struggle to advance through the night. He's willing to, to show that his love is enough to silence your fears while the shadows still remain. And dear brethren, I, I am convinced that what is true for the believers individually is also true, true for the church collectively in this case. Isn't it true that the church as a body is advancing in the darkness? There are so many shadows for the church. The shadows of societies that are increasingly hostile to the gospel. The shadows of heretical teachers ravaging the flock, the shadows of scandals, the shadows of sin among the members, the shadows of unlovingness among fellow believers, the shadows of indifference to the great truths of the gospel. So what is the hope for the church militant while she lives in this world? It is that God will visit her again in the midst of this dark world. It is that God will make it clear that he's still with us, even though he hasn't taken us home yet. And you and I should pray that he will once again turn and be like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Peter. That is why we pray for revival. That is revival in a sense. It is God visiting his church in this land of darkness, giving us a glimpse of the full victory that we will enjoy forever in him. 
So my desire today is that you and I will follow the example of the bride and pray for God to turn and visit us, knowing that he will answer the prayers that he himself taught us to pray. So let's do that today, trusting that our Lord will be faithful. Amen.